All right, we are back with the next part of our interview with Ted Liga from Joliet Township High School. Uh, although this is the second part, we actually aired this out of order, so you're hearing the first part of the interview, which primarily deals with Ted's personal history and an abbreviated history of the Joliet Band Program. You can hear part one by visiting thebandmasters.com or by searching the Bandmasters on Facebook, iTunes, and RSS feeds for Android devices. We're very excited for some upcoming interviews during the Midwest Clinic, and we'll be posting some more content soon. And now, after a little sample from his recent recording with the Teddy Lee Orchestra, we've got part two with Ted Liga. Gonna take a sentimental journey Gonna set my heart at ease Gonna make a sentimental journey To renew old memories Yeah, please, I think all I that stuff is back your, your Grammy nomination I mean, that's real, right? You were nominated for a Grammy Yeah, yeah <laughs> We didn't have enough time in the studio. <laughs> no, 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 no. So, well, without further ado, go ahead, Mister <clears throat> Mister Ted Liga. I know you get mad when I call you Mister Liga. So, Doctor Doctor Ted Liga. No, no, no. Start over. <laughs> <laughs> Ted Liga, take us back to the beginning. Well, uh, it'd be a pleasure. Uh, my uh, family has uh, a number of. Uh, my brothers and uh, my uh, father and mother both uh, uh, played instruments along with my brothers. And uh, my father uh, uh, went to the Joliet High School Band and played uh, from uh, 1931 to 35 uh, when he graduated. And in 35, uh, and back in that day, uh, there was the national contest, uh, and they were uh, based on a, uh, a regional and then uh, a number of states put together, and then it was a, a true uh, national contest. And, and who was the band director at that point? It was McAllister. Right? Uh, first band director, uh, A.R. McAllister, okay. and who was originally a, a shop teacher. And superintendent went through the files and uh, came up with, uh, uh, on his card, uh, that he played the cornet. And at that time, that was enough to ask him to be the band director. And it started in uh, uh, school years uh, uh, 1912-13. Okay. And uh, the funny story about that is... Uh, that uh, he was a wood shop uh, teacher, and they worked in the uh, the band that is uh, met in the uh, uh, wood shop, and they had uh, uh, crate barrels to sit on, and they had to make their own uh, stands. <laughs> we should do that today. It's cross curricular. Yeah. And there were about twenty six. I uh, have a picture of it. Uh, 26 students uh, uh, to begin. Was this back with the, I, I saw, I have a picture somewhere, and they had like white uniforms at one point, is that right? And those were white uniforms. What they really were, uh, were uh, 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 bakery tops, where the really? bakery 
people would wear white pants and white. <laughs> that's what they got. Okay. And, and uh, so it was a humble beginning. <laughs> uh, and I actually knew uh, a couple of the members of the original band. They were quite uh, elderly. Uh, one was a music store owner in Joliet, Otto Matei, a wonderful uh, uh, man. And uh, he did some teaching in the Joliet area on uh, in grade school, uh, grade school bands. and had a music store right downtown Joliet, 50 years. And he was in the first band. He was at uh, the uh, junior high, or it was grade school at that time, and he was the only one that owned a saxophone in Joliet. Really? He was the first person to have a uh, saxophone. So he he started playing uh, right in the very beginning onset of the uh, JT band in 1912-13. Uh, and as an eighth grader, he uh, got a little head start. Um, so he knew the story of uh, the famous A.R. McAllister, who uh, took the band to such wonderful heights and became a, uh, a band that so many others uh, found out about and wanted to be, come and do the same type of thing. So, Can I, can I ask a follow-up to that? Sure. So, from from pretty humble beginnings, you know, rehearsals in a wood shop, bakery, aprons for uniforms. How how do you think the seed got planted for for the the history that was to be built in Joliet over over the next hundred years? You know, where where did that sense of pride come from? How was that built? How long did it take? And you know, what do you think spurred it? Well, it's pretty much uh, one thing. Uh, Joliet was a working class town steel mill, wallpaper mills, uh, arsenal, and uh, stuff like that. So it was a you know, blue-collar town. Uh, what would have started all of this would have been A.R. McAllister. He was uh, uh, a wonderful uh, person uh, that wasn't afraid to look for help, uh, which he did. And he was a person that... Uh, that may not have been the greatest conductor, but a total, total, total organizer. And back in those times, uh, things were strict. You know, the bands, the Joliet Band and uh, other bands, uh, uh, it, it was uh, kind of no-nonsense and uh, kind of reminds uh, me of military bands. And uh, and that's where where they would have come from uh because uh, and then the, the most unusual thing uh which will shock a lot of people is that the uh Joliet high school band from 1912 to 1965 was all male there were no girls in the band and there was an orchestra started at that same time and big orchestra and the girls that wanted to play uh, a wind instrument, percussion, uh, they went in orchestra. Don has showed me, um, I think your book pictures, the, the females were what, band, band secretaries? Sponsor, band, band sponsors, sponsors. Right. Yeah, there was a, a thing called uh, band sponsors, okay. and um, they were elected uh, by the band, and uh, they marched with the band next 
on each side of the drum major. At concerts, uh, they uh, they would go to the mic and announce the uh, the tunes that the band was playing, and um, supposedly uh, for for the girls, that was an honor to be band sponsor more so than uh, anything else. And there was a, a point where uh, all this goes back to the Jolette Grade School Band and uh, eventually with uh, Mr. Charles Peters. And uh, it also was all male. So there was nowhere then to get uh, females if you wanted them uh, at that time. Were there other programs that had females in them at that point? Or? Uh, they were one of the early bands, not the earliest band. Oh, okay. uh, I forget where that came from. Sure. It might even have been Rockford, uh, at least in this area. Uh, but they certainly w- were one of the early okay. bands. And there were, <clears throat> excuse me, girls uh, that uh, played uh, mallets. Yeah. Uh, uh, they came in, uh, too. But again, I know people listening to this will think how odd that is. And and I, um, from my own time, I was appreciative that the females were in the band yeah. and kept the numbers strong and so many wonderful players. And uh, it, uh, it it's kind of like uh, the, the show The Music Man, where he's going to start a boys' band. You know, yeah. it's just back in that time. That's kind of how it was. I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback on that. So that's a that's a pretty big change to have you know seen. Uh, and again, the program having a hundred years of, of history. Uh, you started at Joliet in 1969 as the director, also as an alum. Correct. Yes. And this is a this is a pretty loaded question, but <laughs> talk talk to me about the other major ways in which the program changed over the years and the profession of teaching changed and you know how how you think for the better some things that maybe you think took a step back you know how have things evolved from your perspective well it's sustained itself with the discipline and i don't mean punishment i'm just talking about there was protocol in the uh concert band um uh when A.R. McAllister, or the next director uh, in uh, 1946, Bruce Houseconnect, when they come out of the uh, band room uh, uh, office, the band stopped warming up. And he walked to the podium pretty much in silence. And then they went to their uh, business. Um, And that, you know, as being a member of it, and and I mean, I love the Juliet High School Band. I uh, it was probably one of the best times of my life uh, to be in that, and and everybody in it uh, felt the same way about it. You know, there was no one ever would talk bad about it, or I don't like it, or I'm going to quit, or or any of that. It just uh, uh, it just was like a fraternity. Uh, I'm not sure how to totally describe, but e- everyone, when we have our reunions, they uh, they all have the same feelings, and it's all a good feeling. And I know with uh, with my father, he said uh, that A.R. McAllister uh, was uh, the man that made him who he 
uh, became and was. And uh, he, his father was kind of brutal. My father's, and eventually, the, his mother uh, got rid of him and <laughs> had a, another be my grandfather. Okay. But uh, he was the most influential in his uh, life, and uh, but still tough. Now, my father was sitting in uh, the band room, which is the old. Uh, Joliet High School Auditorium still is. Uh, my father was playing on his solo. It was getting close to the national solo contest. And uh, my father was, uh, you know, kind of afraid of him in a way. And I, I, that to me isn't a good thing. But again, it's the day that it was. And, uh, uh, but he said, uh, uh, how did I sound? And uh, McAllister said, uh, okay, but uh, uh, put a L on it for lousy. <laughs> <laughs> that was the strongest. Things changed, yeah. and it changed with the next director. But, but what's peculiar uh, is that... Uh, all those members, and there's still a few around at our alumni thing. There was a oboe player in his 90s who uh, went to uh, Radio City Music when they did that for a week. And uh, is he the guy that just played with the 100th anniversary? Yeah, band? Mr. Moore. Okay. Yeah. As a side, uh, his brother also played uh, oboe and was in Chicago Symphony for a number of years. Is it true you had some, some members of the symphony teaching lessons to the students in, in Joliet? Or was point? that with McAllister? <clears throat> or both? There, <clears throat> no, the uh, the kids went to Chicago. Oh, okay. So when I was in the band, there were clarinet, who was what I played, and um, there were some really good teachers in Joliet. There really were, because there were lots and lots of band members in grade and high school. And uh, one uh, gentleman uh, that I took with for a while uh, was Pasquale Crescenti. And Pasquale, uh, he was a wonderful teacher and player, and he didn't, uh, his uh, clarinet uh, went in a sack, which strings, and he'd take it apart, because sometimes that was the last lesson he had. But he probably had, he, he made his living off of that, because he had like 80 students and talented guy. Others, uh, and I did this later in uh, high school, uh, we went to Chicago. A lot of us took the train in Chicago, and we took from different uh, symphony players. Uh, um, my uh, teacher was, and it would have been in my uh, senior year, and then uh, junior college, and then college, and that was Walter Woolwich, uh, the uh, principal second uh, clarinet and a symphony and, and he was very influential uh, uh for me um let's go back you're still in high school at this point and, yes and was being a high school band director your number one goal at that point it it was okay it was but i had another two okay that i uh because i loved my uh clarinet teacher, Walter Woolwich, who gave me hour, hour and a half lesson. And, uh, and I used to come in on the train. Then I, I went, uh, you know, went on to Roosevelt. But uh, 
And did you play with any other groups at that point? Uh, yeah, I, okay. I I did when when I was in college. Okay. Yeah, but in uh, in high school, uh, I was student director. Okay. And that uh, that's something that not all bands have had, but it was a thing for Joliet, and and that stayed. It stayed when when I had the band too, and uh, students had the chance to uh, to uh, try out men uh make copies of scores and then we spend a couple of days and uh and uh they were chosen usually two and they each got to conduct on a concert a piece uh, that was helped by the uh by me to, and um then there was a blue gold contest those are the colors of school and and uh, the two bands would each perform and get kind of get adjudicated. And then there was a plaque. Blue was first and gold was. And, but it was a good experience for uh, uh, the kids to play under sure. another kid, you know. And uh, they loved that. And uh, they also took care of the games. They conducted all the basketball games. And uh, the band was split into two. And so there'd be like. 60, uh, you know, at each game. And uh, the directors were there, Usnick, um, and he directed the national anthem, but the students did the rest. So, and actually, most of these student uh, directors uh, wound up being people that became band directors. It's, it's funny, too, to look at this point. I know, Steve, you're kind of directly involved with this, but today's push towards education. Uh, we've got this Danielson framework that we work off of for our evaluation system. And the, the excellent teacher has the kids actually running a lot of the stuff. And it's it's always fascinating to hear about that because I know some people complain about it and it's tough to do. And it, it seems like band programs have been doing that forever. Mm-hmm. You know, like we've, as, as a band program, I feel like we've been, you know, kind of a, a cut above that if, if we're doing it well, which sounds like it was working there. So... You've got, um, you know, you said a goal was being a band director. You said you had two other goals. One was clarinet. Uh, One was, uh, yeah, being a clarinetist. Okay. Uh, I did uh, play in the Civic, and I, I, I went to Roosevelt University, Chicago Musical Colleges. They're on the top two floors. And my uh, campus was uh, I-55. Okay. And... Uh, so yeah, I played in the uh, in the Roosevelt Orchestra and uh, uh, in the Civic, and it was a it was a neat experience. Uh, you know, supposedly the training orchestra for the Chicago Symphony, and there are some that did make that uh, move, but it it uh, uh, there were college age and some and, and some middle aged that were, and it was large, probably a hundred. Okay. And uh, I did have uh, uh, got a chance to uh, conduct uh, half of the Meistersinger Overture. Really? With it. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. When I was young, I <laughs> fancied myself, with, you know, I wave, wave a stick around. I knew I was good, yeah. But as time, as time went on, uh, I, it was um, unbelievable how much I didn't know. Okay. And uh, that's to the present, too, because I kind of feel like, you know, I'd be better at being a high school director right now than I was. <laughs> but that's, you know, uh, 
that's the way it is. And yeah. uh, you mentioned your your father and that he was in the Joliet Band program. Um, I I I have a mom who's one of eleven and a dad who's one of seven. Oh my and gosh. I, I yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, big family, lots of cousins. Um, and I is my sisters both played for a couple of years in in middle school. I had one cousin that played tuba for a couple of years in middle school. But other than that, as far as I know, nobody who made a professional career of music um, or education until really this, you know, this generation. Um, Can you talk a little bit about the influence that your family has had on on you and your choice to be a band director and a professional musician? what that was like for you as a as a kid and how that sure. continued to be a part of your life as a teacher yes well my uh father uh played with uh, dance orchestras and uh, traveled the country for 20 years uh, uh, until he started this uh, teddy lee orchestra which still exists uh, now and who's uh, the director of that now uh, uh, me. Okay. <laughs> I'm just checking. <laughs> we'll put some iTunes links on there. But every... Uh, visual checks. You well, know, by the way, they played at your wedding, didn't they? They did play at my wedding. That's yeah. right. And, and uh, they're still married. And we're still... <laughs> they charged extra that day, I think. I heard, uh, being a musician at that time, you, were, you worked at uh, nighttime and uh, every night and got home like at uh, 2 a.m. So... During the day, later in the day, uh, my father got up usually around noon, and um, I'd hear the saxophone, you know, he would be playing and playing and playing, so I thought everybody had someone playing a saxophone in their house, because it was just, (laughs) it was uh, all through uh, my time living at home uh, that he did, or he was at the kitchen table uh, making arrangements, and which he arranged uh, several thousand, uh, made several thousand arrangements. And you guys still play off of those today, right? Yeah, we still do, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They're still relevant. And uh, he uh, and there were other leaders that he sent some arrangements to, one uh, being uh, Lawrence Welk uh, on the east, uh, West Coast. And, uh, so, uh, yeah, he worked... Uh, Played until World War II, and then that uh, took him out of uh, the dance band business for about uh, three and a half years. Okay. And uh, he did play in uh, uh, a service band overseas. And uh, so, and my mother also uh, played the piano. Uh, didn't hear much around the house, but she had uh, taken lessons for quite a while. And I do have a. Uh, 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 four brothers, uh, uh, Mark, uh, John, and Chris. Well, I'm the fourth. Uh, okay. <laughs> three brothers. <laughs> and they all played. Uh, uh, my uh, second brother down, Mark uh, Liga, he, uh, he started a, a 60s band. Yeah. And uh, he's doing really well with that. Uh, Remind me of their name again. The name of the band, uh, Shindig. Shindig. Because I know they play in Joliet a lot. They play all around, all all over. I don't know if you've seen them, but it's cool. It's a 60s cover band. We, my wife and I saw them at, uh, I think, Heroes West. And, I mean, they'll they'll wear the outfits and everything. It's a a cool event. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, my brother John uh, did uh, play uh, some clarinet and played uh, uh, bass guitar. 
and I played in some different bands. And and my brother Chris uh, did quite a bit. He had uh, degrees in music from Northern and uh, then some graduate work at uh, U of I and conducted one of the bands at U of I uh, um, as part of his uh, job there. And, and uh, but, you know, there is, uh, for uh, jobbing musicians, uh, uh, there's an old saying, you know, I, I uh, Don, Steve, uh, I know you're a musician, but what do you do for a living? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that my brother Chris thought a lot about, and he became a lawyer, too. Okay. And that was pretty cool. He just tagged right onto those music degrees, and uh, maybe three years, something like that. He uh, became a lawyer? He became a lawyer. <laughs> Three more, three more years. <laughs> yeah, you know, he had academic still. out of the way, yeah. And uh, he's been one in Chicago, and he was one in uh, was in D.C. Uh, too. And and he he continues to play in the uh, Chicago Jazz Orchestra. He plays when they have the Duke Ellington revival. He's a uh, lead uh, sax in that. And, uh, so so as a child for you, you know, your father was he was making a living as a musician. Yes. Was it was it expected that you boys were all going to play instruments or was that something that you looked at in your in your mother as a piano player and your father as a saxophone player and you had an interest because of them uh, or or were you just they they were musicians so you were going to be a musician well i i know he uh he liked it you know but did he push us into it or say this is something you're, you're gonna do you know no it wasn't that way uh i uh when I was in third grade, we lived outside of Gary, okay. a place called Glen Park. Got, I took piano lessons starting when I was uh, in second grade. And then my father uh, bought me downtown uh, Gary music store. He bought uh, me a brand new buffet clarinet for a third grader. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't break it or anything, and I I, I, I played on it all the way through uh, through high school. I think so. for third grade, I, I, my birthday, I got a Batman action figure. You got, <laughs> I, you I got, got a buffet clarinet. No, I got a Mega Blocks <laughs> or something. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I at the time, I probably really wanted a BB gun, but I got that clarinet. <laughs> my father didn't like guns and uh, more power to that, uh, but... Uh, great experience. So, in, in in grade school, we we well actually we yeah you know, we moved to uh, Joliet back to where my father grew up. My mother was from uh, New York, March. Okay, and, and mom is still around, right? And mom is still around. She's ninety three years young, and All right. And I think every day, I hope I got a lot of her genes in me. And, uh, <laughs> we'll find out. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I I also uh, want to mention my son uh, Teddy. He's a filmmaker, commercial films here in uh, Chicago. He just had a series on the uh, on uh, a car uh, channel, the Velocity Channel, and uh, proud of him. And he he was uh, in uh, the high school band with me as director, and uh, and uh, played. Uh, a wonderful uh, alto saxophone had a beautiful uh, tone, and uh, so uh, and my daughter played uh, piano. Uh, daughter Stephanie, 
and my grandson, JT, not named after Joe at Tanja Bicycle, but... Oh, yes, he is. No, no, <laughs> it's named after his dad, John, and, oh. and I'm the Theodore in the middle of that, and he's playing alto sax, uh, too, and uh, at Troy uh, Middle School, and uh, just doing a great job and loving it, and uh, uh, I do want to definitely have to mention my uh, my wife, uh, Marcia, who artist and does uh, um, contemporary furniture, stainless steel, and sculpture, and all that. And uh, very patient uh, woman. <laughs> We've been married uh, 47 years, and congratulations. Thank you, so thank you. And and you know we were odd because we were married back in the uh, in the mid 60s and uh, and dated four years before that too, because okay. that's what you did back then, you know. So uh, uh, and you know there there were times when uh, she knew I was. So much into band, uh, possessed, uh, maybe is the word she sure. is. One of those words. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, but, uh, you know, I appreciate all the, all the years and, uh, and all the band work that she listened to and, uh, uh, she's a wonderful woman. Well, it was, it was really cool because I, I remember Steve and I went to your house uh, a couple of times and, you know, this will kind of go back to your dad and, and everything else, but, we brought up some score. It was just so funny because you just walked to the other side of the room and picked up the score out of this basket that you had, you know. And then there was uh, just a pile of these handwritten arrangements from your dad. I mean, that's that's just kind of the coolest thing I thought was just to to see this stuff. And and we'll talk about that. But um, you know, can we can we talk about Bruce Hausnick there? And and what I want to know sure. specifically too is is Bruce Hausnick. He's your band director. He was this legendary band director, nationally known, probably internationally known, and and then you take the program over after him. So can you tell us how important Bruce Hausnick was was to you, and did you have any issues at that point taking over from Bruce Hausnick? I know that you were the student conductor before that and everything, so maybe that helped, but but how was that for you? Now, he was a, a wonderful man, multi talented matter of fact violinist he was a violinist and taught the jt band and the orchestra director peter labella uh he played trumpet (laughs) so uh that was just kind of a joke that went around but uh he demanded attention and uh it was there uh you know still in that time uh there were student officers uh, in the, the all-male band and uh, senior class, and anyone that would be goofing around would get a talking to after band, and not from Mr. Hausnick, but from about four six-foot seniors. <laughs> nothing, nothing ever, you know, but it would be straightened out. So... uh you know, uh, Bruce Hausnick uh, did many arrangements to one most popular, Salvation is Created. Yeah, the Chesnick, I mean, everybody plays that. Thing. Yeah. And there are two others now these days. I actually played one one at, at Troy uh, uh, Middle School that was uh, made easier, but it was, it was very good. 
Um, but he had the first through Chos uh, publications, and, okay. and that's where his music was uh, uh, done. And uh, uh, so was talented there. He played in Joliet uh, Symphony, Symphonette, I think they called smaller orchestra. Uh, and he was good to me. And uh, the the JT High School band uh, in that era uh, was a hundred pieces, hundred hundred and three, okay, including three contrabass clarinets, four bassoons, about twenty two four B flat clarinets, five alto clarinets, five six bass clarinets, six tubas. And eight bones, eight horns, just giving you an idea. Sure. The music of the time were, were more transcriptions mm -hmm. from orchestral things than, uh, you know, individual band pieces written for band. I mean, they were there. You know, uh, well, I've, I've got some you know, programs in the other room. What you guys played was insane. I mean, it was the first half of the concert was, what, like five or six major pieces. Major pieces. And yeah. an intermission. <laughs> and then another five or six pretty major pieces, right? You know, yeah. I mean, some big orchestral and opera transcriptions. I mean, it, it looked like it must have been a fantastic program. At, at that time... And I'm going from twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, all the way through a Hausnick's thing. The band had a uh, unbelievable ability uh, to sight read anything, anything. There was nothing Hausnick or McAllister would could put in front of you that you had to work on it, obviously, you know. But you, they couldn't read it, and uh, that was, of course, this. Uh, you had to have private lessons in grade school, and you had to have private lessons in high school, and uh, so there was a a system, you know, and and the band was so beloved by uh, the Joliet itself, the whole Joliet, um, that parents that were working in the mills or whatever, they would do everything they could to see that their son had a good con trumpet, a best of line, or a buffet clarinet, or a summer sax, even though it could have taken three months of their pay or four months to uh, to pay. But it was just that important to be in the, in the high school. And, and it, it, it's fascinating to hear about that because um, if you listened to us last time with Greg Bim, he was talking about his dad, very working class, uh, what, TV repairman. Yeah. And his dad would come home and he had an hour, hour and a half a day, whatever it might have been, and all his dad did was sit down and play right. with him, you know. And, and it's just incredible to hear about that that dedication to, yeah. you know, your your child and what you would do for them. If, yeah, if it takes three months to buy a, a, an instrument for that kid, like, you're going to do it. So, I mean, Hausnick, going further with that, you, you decide then you're going to be a band director. You do all the stuff that you needed to do there, which I know I'm putting very briefly, as, as you've already talked about with Roosevelt and everything. How, how was that taking over? How was your first year at Joliet Township High School? Well, it was uh, just fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll add to that. Sure, sure. <clears throat> I, I can say this real quick. Uh, when Bruce Hausnick took over, 
he had a harder time. Really? He had a rough time. He almost left <clears throat> after the first year. One thing, the band room had no acoustics. The band room, again, was the auditorium. Sure. So they did take care of that because it, it was was killing him to hear that hundred piece band and in rehearsal wall of sound and that wall of sound uh and the first time he took the band out prayed so that would have been early in the school year and they had drum major and they were brought to attention except there were about six kids just standing not in attention which would have been unheard of And he uh, walked over to them, and uh, they just weren't going to cooperate. Uh, and so he uh, marched them to the dean, and uh, they were out of band immediately uh, because of that. Uh, and then things started to settle in better. <clears throat> But it was always the uh, the thing that uh, A.R. McAllister did. All this, all this was... Radio City Music Hall, California tour, uh, you, you name it, uh, they were doing it. And uh, he was asked, uh, you got, or was told, you, you got big shoes to f- fill. And Hausnick um, brilliantly said, I can only try them on. <laughs> and it was, uh, I never forgot that. Sure. Uh, you know, hearing about it and uh so uh Bruce Hausnick uh wound up going to Eastman School of Music that's where he graduated from and that would have been in 69 and I it was like the first semester because uh, I used to hang around since I didn't have any campus and uh no campus parties to go to or anything. Uh, <laughs> I'd be up in Chicago and do my classes and whatever, and then I'd come back, and, and I, I even then spent some time, uh, you know, with at the band room and uh, might help out some where I could. And uh, uh, So the kids uh, knew me, and okay. I do know that uh, um, Bruce Hosnick, told me after I was hired that uh, the band members had gone to the superintendent and told them they wanted me. And uh, the, the the whole weird thing on this uh, <laughs> was my mind, okay, I'm going to be a band director. And there's so many good places you can be sure. and build a program or keep it built or whatever. Uh, but in my mind... All I wanted to do was direct the Joliet High School band. And that's so, it strikes me peculiar now, but when I think about it, uh, but how how fortunate can I be that that's the band I wound up with to, to continue uh, continue what's, what was going on there and uh, as best I could. Uh, and so... Uh, That just fell into place, as did uh, my father when he w- was retiring. Said either I take uh, the dance band or he folds it, which means it shut down. Sure. So that was 25 years ago, and uh, so I was doing a one-time 
I was doing 110 jobs a year with the dance band (laughs) and with the high school with 15 basketball games. You put all the stuff together. It was like 150 more. And then there were band parent meetings. And then we also had separate board meetings. And uh, occasionally, Marsha uh, reminds me about that period of time when <laughs> I, I was gonna say, it was enormous. Yeah, <laughs> it was enormous amount of time I was gone. I mean, she knew I was doing what I loved to do, and and she did have her own thing too yeah. in the art, and I traveled to Japan and all across the country, and. Uh, I mean, that's incredible with all the dance dates and everything there. So you're you're a very lucky man, you know. I am. Uh, <laughs> um, well, and, and let's talk about this, too, with, with the, the history of the Joliet High School Band. You were the third director, you know, and they're on their fourth director now in over 100 years, and that that just doesn't happen that often. None. I've heard that exact uh, statement that you made. Yeah. And it's from college director. He says it just doesn't uh, happen. Uh, uh, but... McAllister was there uh, from, let's say, twelve thirteen all the way to forty four, about thirty two years. I want to say, choir director took it over uh, for a year or two till they got someone hired. And uh, Housnick was there twenty three or 24 years, and then he went to Eastman School of Music. And I was there 33 years of all band. Okay. There really 33 and a half years, but uh, it was counting. <laughs> <laughs> and so that that took me, so I, I left in 2002. Two. So you're I graduated. Yeah. And... Uh, and of course, my uh, good friend and former student Mike Fisk, uh, uh, no one better uh, could be there for that. That's felt the same way about it as yeah. I did. time we leave at seven I'll be waiting up for heaven counting every mile of a railroad track that takes me back I never thought my heart could be so yearning why did I decide to roam I gotta make a sentimental journey sentimental journey home 